the defensive starters for your Clay Center Tigers. <laughs> At nose guard, 5'6", senior, number 38, Mitch Fortner. <sighs> what better way to start off everyone's favorite segment? Yeah, baby. Totally snuffed of an NCKL honorable mention in 2008. I'm still getting emails and stuff about it. People are still pretty upset. It's kind of like a, a, a what, an area-wide thing. People are upset. I mean, when you have yeah. a sack force fumble and a fumble recovery in one game, shouldn't you at least get you know a little something? A little something, know. something. Uh, anyway, it's hour two of the game. The game after work, our last hour of the week as uh, – We'll have a little K-State women's basketball, some men's basketball here in just a moment with some Mitch Palm, blindly ranked, blindly ranked fly, five, and uh, some Ask Us Anything all coming up as well. Phone number is 537-1350. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in and give uh, two thoughts, about uh, a couple of thoughts or whatever about what's going on with K-State um, hoops, and uh, or you want to talk some college football, some coaching, you know. Dude, the... Kalen DeBoer. Kalen DeBoer is going to be the new head coach at uh, Alabama. Washington head coach. Mm -hmm. Also quick, the replacement for Bill Belichick in New England. Kind of like they had a conversation about it beforehand. That's a a snooze fest of a hire, by the way. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Is it Gerard Mayo? It is. Coach linebackers uh, for the Patriots. Yeah. That's not a fun hire. No. It was that first round pick by the Patriots back in the day. I'm still shocked that they did it with Vrabel on the market that quickly. I thought that they would think about Mike Vrabel, considering he's available and no one thought he would be. But, I mean, I think Mayo's been the plan for a while. A boring plan, but a plan. Him, or they should have Dante Hightower. Devin McCourty. Devin and Jason McCourty. They could have done co-head coaches. Oh, co-head coaches. Yeah. Who's going to be the uh, who's gonna be the new coach there, Owen, uh, in Seattle? That is a great question. I think the main rumor is Dan Quinn, which I'm not a huge fan of. I think if you're moving on for Pete Carroll, start a new book. Don't add a chapter to the same book. Why move on for Pete Carroll if you're just going to hire the guy that's going to coach like him? Just keep Pete Carroll at that I, point. I had heard the rumor that Dan Quinn was a popular uh, NFL coordinator pick for the Alabama job. Yeah, that's that would make a lot of sense. Dang, that would have been awesome. Should have been Bill O'Brien. Oh, dear God, Ryan. Please. My buddy's a Patriots fan. We've been joking all week. Welcome back to the Mike Shula days. Yeah, he was talking, you know, we have to find a new GM because Bill Belichick was a GM. And I was like, hey, you got a guy already there as your OC. He was was the head coach GM in Houston. Just make Bill O'Brien there. He's got all the experience you're asking for right in your backyard. Well, Ryan Hyatt was on board. I think he was absolutely right about his take on – you know, I asked him hypothetically, if you were a Power 5 successful coach and Alabama offered you the job, would you take it? He said, no, I would take it after Kalen DeBoer fails. <laughs> right. Sli- you know, lower the expectations a little bit. I mean, the, you, you, you're filling the toughest shoes to fill in college football history right Man, now. you ain't kidding. You dude. have no breathing room. Your expectation is to never lose a game ever. Good luck. And your first SEC opponent is Georgia. <laughs> yeah, wonder how is, is that right? Yeah, dude, it's not good. I have no idea. If yeah. it's right, I'm all look. I read that today that his first SEC opponent will be Kirby Smart. <sighs> the learning curve. Will that be between the hedges? You know what? Or is it I, in Tuscaloosa. I think it's in Tuscaloosa. I think it said Tuscaloosa, but I'm not sure. It is. He's Man. correct. In Tuscaloosa, dude. Just imagine though, like. 
the power that you wield as the head coach of Alabama. Like, you could be like, hey, give me your car. So we, oh, okay, here you go, coach. You drive a car and leave it on the side of the road. As long well, as you're winning. Hey, give me their food right there. I heard this argument earlier. I mean, Sark, I, I would have assumed Steve Sarkeesian would have been at the top at Alabama's wish list to be the next head coach. Um, but he's at Texas. Uh-huh. I mean, would you rather have the Alabama or Texas job at Alabama? You have to win every single game. If you're at Texas, you may have some toxic donors <laughs> calling yeah. the shots. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, can you believe they didn't even give him time to say, I don't want the job. They hired Kalen DeBoer, I mean, in minutes it was done. It's crazy. In two it's days, crazy. right? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Normally these things kind of stretch out, but Alabama's ready. And now Washington's open, and guess who has uh, been on the uh, the short list for Washington, at least according to media? Chris Kleiman. Hey, when you That's hot, a compliment, really. Yeah. I mean, that that's a compliment. When you see your head coach up for all these jobs, you know, Washington or whoever is going to try to come get Chris Kleiman, I mean, that is a compliment. Do I think Kleiman is leaving? Absolutely not. Nah. I mean, that was already kind of put to bed. What was it, the Nebraska job when that was open? Matt Rule takes it. Um, Gene Taylor got at least Gene were to leave, but I would yeah, really hope happen. not. It's just I don't think so. Their yeah. AD went to school with him at the same time in Northern Iowa, which is what I that's oh the did wa- Washington's right. But it's like what's I mean, said. What's the connection with Kalen DeBoer in Alabama? Is there you know what I mean? No, like, no, no. He's, he's a, a South Dakota guy. People always make such a big deal out of that stuff, and it's like I don't think a lot of that matters, man. Just. Whatever. Congrats to him. Well, guys, you ready to jump back to uh, some Big 12 basketball? Yes, I am. Let's make a prediction. Uh oh. Here's Mitch Ball with tonight's prediction. Cats are 12 and 3. They're 2 0 in Big 12 play. Texas Tech now receiving votes. Uh, also notices as well, uh, Joe Lenardi's bracketology now has K State in the last four or the the next four out. Oh. they're at least now on the bubble, according to Joey Brackett. Sure, sure, that's good. That's good. Early, it's still early. Both K State and Tech two and zero in conference play. They're just two of three teams still left uh, with undefeated records in the conference. Tech and Baylor are the other two besides K State, and that's the next two opponents. For the Cats, that Baylor game is on Tuesday. This game against the Red Raiders is Saturday at 3 o'clock from United Supermarkets Arena. We will join that broadcast in progress at about 3 o'clock when the K-State women wrap up against, excuse me, number 10, Texas. Only meeting this season, by the way, because of the new scheduling style for Big 12 basketball, this will be the only meeting this season between the Cats and Tech. I believe this is the first time since 2011 these two teams will only meet one time. Tech under fourth year head coach Grant McCaslin, who's off to a 13-2 and start. Took care of Oklahoma State 90-73 to earlier this week. That was Tuesday night. And then this past, uh, this past Saturday opened up the conference play with a win in Austin against Texas. Ooh. Now, looking at the Red Raiders. Um, I, I kind of said this to Ryan earlier in the first hour. Listen to it on our uh, podcast page at NewsRadioKman.com. Hour one of this show to hear the Ryan Hyatt interview. You know, Mitch Palm is usually, all right, let's take a look at Tech as a team, and then let's take a look at the players. I could do all that, or we could just keep it simple. I think this is more one of those simple 
predictions. Let's not get too carried away with this. We don't need to be full scientist, full on Mitch Palm, and break down every nook and cranny of Texas Tech basketball. Oh, it's Friday. It's not too, yeah. <laughs> and it's Friday. <laughs> yeah, dude. I got my senioritis. <laughs> I am cruising to the weekend. Yeah, baby. Manhattan hoops got postponed, so that means Troy and I have a night off. Ooh, and uh, we. I honestly, I'd rather be calling those games tonight. Sure, sure. I, I rather would because those are going to be two really good games. Um, you know, Washburn Rule were both girls and boys centennially champions um, a year ago. The boys are bouncing back anyway. Um. <laughs> You know, offensively, uh, I'll just give you some things that really stand out to me about Texas Tech as a team. First of all, you know, Pop Isaacs is averaging 16.7 points per game. He's a guard. He is actually right now in a civil lawsuit um, that was filed by a woman that claims that he assaulted her in a hotel room seeking $1 million. He is still playing. Um, you know, he's putting up Cam Carter numbers. I'm watching for a couple of matchups here. Cam Carter versus Pop Isaacs slash Tyler Perry versus Joe Tucson. Tucson averaging 14 points a game. He's a transfer from West Virginia. Their guard play has been pretty solid, especially as of late. And what's made Texas Tech a good team this year is that they've been doing well from three-point range. They're a 37% three-point shooting team that is third in the Big 12. Now, as of late, they used to be shooting 20-something a game. Over the last two games, they've actually been shooting just 15 threes a game, but they're still shooting over 40%. It's pretty notable to me because one of those games was against Texas Tech, or Texas, rather. Tech won that game, and what Texas did well is take Tech out of their comfort zone. They made them play basically a different style, which was more one-on-one basketball. And guess what? Texas Tech still got it done. Mm -hmm. They still got it done. Had to change up the formula, change the game plan, and the Red Raiders came out on top. Now, defensively, most of their numbers, they're they're not too bad. They're a pretty decent team at protecting the two-point range. They're top 100 in the nation. Teams score 47% of the time from two-point range. That's a pretty good clip. They're okay at forcing turnovers. I think what they do well is they don't allow teams to get to the free-throw line. Well, what's K-State been doing really well lately is get to the free-throw line. In the last four games, they have attempted 98 free-throws. Wow. That's a very high number, and they're making about 75% of those free-throws. So... That's been a pretty big part of K-State's game that maybe most aren't realizing. And to me, that's a big key to the game. A reason for that is because let's now go from the from the guards, let's go down to the paint. Um, because I think Will McNair and David Gasson have been playing really well lately. Um, both guys were in double figures against West Virginia. David is continuing to rebound. I think David has been playing really great defense. I think Will McNair's post-play and his defense have really looked good Mm -hmm. in the last couple of games. Texas Tech has a seven-foot big. Big guy. And his name is Warren Washington. He is a senior. He's been all over the country in his career. But right now he's averaging 10.7 rebounds. The thing about him is... He's been notorious this year of getting into early foul trouble. He is their best big. He is their leader in block shots. He's their leader in rebounds. If K-State can get 
a post presence, get a couple of early whistles, get him on the bench, it's going to be potentially like the West Virginia game and things really open up downstairs. I said it during Mitch Palm against West Virginia that I felt that Will McNair and David Gasson could have a big game because Edwards for, for West Virginia was not going to play, and he's a really good rim protector. Can K-State get Texas Tech's best rim protector out of the game? To me, that is a key. Let's get to a couple more keys here for K-State. We need guys to hit the big shots. To me, this is going to be a close game. This is going to be a dogfight. That's why I'm not throwing a whole lot of numbers out there at you. I'm throwing some out there, just a couple of keys. But like I said yesterday, Tyler Perry scoring six points is not going to cut it. K-State needs him to score the basketball. And we're going to need some clutch shots. So Tyler Perry and Arthur Kaluma are going to be looked upon, along with Cam Carter, to hit some big shots. They're going to need those to win the game. And Tyler Perry can't go scoreless in the second half. That's not going to win you a game in Lubbock, Texas. Mm -mm. I'm going to leave it at that. I think that is the big key to the game. Plus, K-State needs to play, continue to play good defense. I think that's really the other one that should be mentioned. But to me, the big key of the game is K-State hitting big shots. It's a Big 12 game. You're on the road against a good Texas Tech team who's they're receiving votes, but they're a bubble team as well. Mm-hmm. This is a pivotal game. You just won two Big 12 games, one on the road, one at home, by double digits. You are an improving basketball team. Yes. But this is going to be a closer game. Mm. Texas Tech is a more dangerous opponent. You're in their house. Big shots are a must. Ken Palm gives K-State not much of a chance in this one. 27% chance that K-State wins the game. Final score is 73-66. But there's there's a reason why I do Mitch Palm. And that is because Mitch Palm is way more accurate than Ken Palm. All the time. And I don't charge people for it. Yep. Yep. You get it right this here. is free. Uh-huh. This is free analysis. Uh-huh. Mitch Palm gives K-State a 45% chance to win in Lubbock. I said it's a close game. I would love K-State to go 4-1, and one, but right now I see it being a tough one for K-State to win. Mitch Palm rarely does this, but will pick Texas Tech to win the game by the final score. 71-69. I am so intrigued by the Tyler Perry versus Grant McCaslin angle. He the, knows the, how to defend him. You know, like he's like, I know exactly what his weaknesses are. But you also have Perry coming off of a six-point game and wanting to show his old coach. Looking for something to prove. The thing is, though, it, it, you could look at this. Great storyline. But I still see it even. Yes, sure. Of course, McCaslin knows Perry. Perry knows McCaslin. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. Dream Dowling knows Grant McCaslin. For he used sure. to work for him. Mm-hmm. I, You know, these two teams, coaches, really know each other. Oh, yeah. I mean, who's going to be two steps ahead of the other? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Who makes the better adjustments? That's, I mean, coaching certainly will come down to it as well. That's why I just think it's going to be a dogfight. These two teams know each other. I think you need so to, I wouldn't expect anything less. You need to unplug some of these machines and restart them if you're picking Texas Tech. <laughs> 
because the cats are going to get the victory on the road in United Markets Arena. Stupid. Name. United Supermarket Sweep oh, Arena. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Supermarket Sweep. <laughs> I love that show. That was a great that show. That was a great show. What was that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm, I've loved game shows, and I could tell you typically who hosted every game show, but I'm blanking on Supermarket That's Sweep. That's a tough one. The old one, I don't know. But well, I yeah, know. The, the one that was in the 90s, that was on, like, Lifetime or something. Uh-huh. The new one they brought back, Guy Fieri, is the host of that one. Oh, God. And it's rad. All right, so again, I am unfortunately going to be taking Texas Tech to win by two points, but I think that's actually enough for K-State to cover. (laughs) Yeah, baby. I think the line I saw was three and a half in favor of Tech. Give me the points. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, ticket sales looking pretty good for K-State women's basketball hosting Texas. We'll take a look at that matchup next. The game continues. Mitch Fortner, Troy Coverdale, David G, and Owen Burke with us today. Fun number 537-1350. Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round of the NFL playoffs. That game tomorrow night from Arrowhead Stadium. Kickoff a little after 7 o'clock. Pre-game at 6 here on K-Man. Don't pay for Peacock. Save your money. Listen to the game for free right here on K-Man. I, I can't help it. Every time that word is uttered, I immediately think of Jim Mora. I can't blame you at all. Have you seen the commercial that he's in? Uh, it's oh, no. Kevin Hart, and he's doing a playoffs thing. Oh, it's goody. Awesome. It's I think awesome. you need to grow up a little bit. That was a long time ago. And your playoffs. point is? Playoffs? <laughs> and your well, point it's like, is? It's like Allen Iverson in practice. Practice? We talking about the Practice. practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. Practice. That was awesome. Man, that was cool. I used to wish I could do that in high school. Practice. <laughs> not a game, not a game. What year do you think Practice. that press conference took place? 2001. Mm-mm. 98. Yeah, it was like 98 or 99, I thought. The Larry Brown 76ers era. I was going to say, because like, if you were in high school at the time when that happened... Or is that something that was like a, uh, you know, it's like a movie, like Dazed and Confused, when it came out, bombed. But mm-hmm. later on, it became a cult classic. And it feels like those are like those are one of those moments in sports that kind of became a cult classic. It became oh. more popular than the, when it actually took place. So when it, did, when it did come out, it was because they were super, at that time, they were hot, man. The Sixers were good. You were right. Yeah, uh, you were closer to right. Two thousand two. Oh, because they played the Lakers in the the finals. With I mean, well, Allen Iverson played the Lakers, but I remember it was in the same vein as like when Terrell Owens was doing like sit ups in his driveway and like talking to the media, and then oh, it was it was just like there was a time when athletes would just say whatever they wanted to instead of the boilerplate kind of stuff, and I loved it. I loved when Allen Iverson went off and was like, I'm so practice the doing the uh, doing the workout in the driveway. Awesome is just one of those things that you're just like, who thought that that was going to work right? <laughs> you know, certainly Drew Rosenhaus was so off base with that mindset. You know, 
And that guy had so many people. You know, like he had so many huge stars. Yes. Um, you would thought that he would have had a better, you a know, better handle on it. Yeah, <laughs> he just did not. I uh, speaking of, I know this is way off subject, but um, the the agent for Kalen DeBoer also represents Nick Saban, also represents yeah. Steve Sarkeesian. Oh, you already we, and, and oh, it represents a lot of players. It represents every every single one of them. Um, he got in uh, uh, Mike Knoll. For uh, Florida State. So he's going to get two guys' raises. Norvell. Norvell, I mean, yeah. sorry. Norvell. He's going to get two guys' raises. He's got another guy a job in Alabama, and he's going to get a severance package like you've never seen before. Yeah. This guy's worth every penny. They're worth the wrong bit. Yeah. What a great gig to get into as a sports agent. Yeah. It Coaches. seems like it seems like from the outside, like it's an easy job that you just get paid buku bucks to represent people. Well, yeah, cuz Kalen DeBoer just signed a 2-year extension. I'm sure it's way tougher than it looks, but even if you even if your client signs an extension, you can leave the next year. It doesn't matter. like none of this matters. They're like, "Eh, I don't want to do it anymore." And yeah. then you throw in for good measure Don Yee now representing Mc that the guy in Michigan. John Yeah, Harbaugh. Man. Uh, national championship winning yeah, head coach. Yeah, I know. Mr. 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 National Championship. Family. You know, bringing up Allen Iverson reminded me of that video that was going around earlier this week of, I don't know what show it was, but one of the hosts said that Shaq was the fifth best center in NBA history. It was uh, it was Mad Dog Russo in first take this Ooh. last week. Yeah. Crazy. I don't know if I've ever, and I'm not really an NBA guy. But that's one of the hottest takes I think I've ever heard. Yeah, that's a tough. I don't one. even know if it's hot. It's just wrong. <laughs> it's just there's some things you say and you're just like, no, just oh, not done work. Can't oof, sell it. Oof. Yeah, right. It makes you cringe. Yeah, right? I mean, that's a New York radio legend. It's just, <laughs> come on. Well, Matt, s- Mad Dong at his bomb throwing. <sighs> All right, let's let's get to get back to K State here because men are on the road. K-State women about to play one of the biggest games in Manhattan Mm -hmm. in years. Number 10, Texas in town for tomorrow afternoon's 1 o'clock tip-off against number 12, K-State. And, uh, boy, um, this is – I don't know if it's been highly anticipated because, I mean, K-State had to play Iowa twice. In the non-conference slate, K-State went 1-1 and against Caitlin Clark in the Cyclones. K-State fans have been arguing that K-State weeks ago should have been a top 10 team. I've been saying stay patient. The, the Most of the teams that are in the top 10 of women's college basketball have been in that top 10 for quite a while. you got to earn your way in. This is the game where you earn your way in. Kick the door down. This is where you really get noticed. This is an ESPNU game. Top 15 matchup. By the way, if you notice, if you've looked at ticket sales, Brian Smoller earlier today says that there had been over 5,500 uh, sold. Mm-hmm. Well, that's half the capacity of Bramlage Coliseum. I don't know if there's going to be many students back yet. There's going to be a solid crowd on hand. There should be a bigger crowd, but we'll see. I know there's people a little bit worried about weather or whatever. It's super cold out, and I get that. Cats are 16-1, and Texas is 16 and 1. K State's won 10 straight all by at least 15 points, all not allowing opponent to get to 60 points. 
So K-State has, in my opinion, the best defense in the country. Texas is the best offense in the Big 12. Oh, boy. Now, this keeps in mind, you know, Texas will be without Rory Harmon for the rest of the year. Season-ending injury. She was the preseason All-Big 12 Player of the Year. Point guard. And when you don't have your point guard, your point guard that you are trusting to kickstart the offense, when you no longer have your point guard, things change. That's a pretty big loss. Texas, for right now, other than one loss in Big 12 play, and that was to Baylor. That was the first game for Texas without Rory Harmon. Baylor's a good team. It was a close game. It came down to the final moments, and that was in Austin. Ever since that, Texas has been undefeated. Now, Rory Harmon's only been out a few weeks. It's a pretty big loss, but this is still a very tough Texas offense. A Texas offense that is averaging 88 points a game. They shoot over 55% from the field. So there is your clash. This is where this will get very interesting. Jeff Minnie's defense against the Vic Schaefer offense. Hmm. How does K-State capitalize off misses? Does Texas play good defense against K-State? And I'm sure Texas is a pretty solid defense. They're the number 10 team in the nation. Yeah. There is a ton riding on this game. There's a lot. There's a lot happening. Aokali specifically. Yoki is four points away from 2,000 in her career. She'll become the fourth cat all time to reach 2,000 points. Yoki is also three blocks away from becoming the all-time leader in K-State history in block shots. So her alone is a very big milestone game for her. This is the biggest game for Jeff Mitty, in my opinion, in his tenure in a regular season game at his tenure here at K-State, and he's in his 10th season. And by the way, for K-State fans, this is K-State's opportunity to become a top-10 team. K-State looking to stay undefeated in Big 12 play, and it's not like it's been easy in the past to beat Texas. (laughs) Jeff Mitty does not have a good record against Texas. This is a very tough team to beat. This is the one of the biggest games in Bramlage that K-State has played in a long time. So I don't know if I can hype it up more than that. This is a huge game that takes place tomorrow afternoon. And I hope people have noticed how big this game is, how good this K-State team is. Because this game, if K-State can win it, they're going to be able to clear a big hurdle. Now they are the big dog in the conference. Mm Mm-hmm. They are a top 10 team. This takes them to another level with the ceiling of what they can do this season as a team. They've already proved that they can beat some good teams. Mm -hmm. If they can do it again and show that, hey, we beat Iowa, we beat North Carolina, we can beat top 25 teams, let's do it again and show that we got consistency throughout a season with these games spread apart. This is a big game, guys. This is a huge game, and I hope to see everybody out there. I'm going to be there. There's not a chance in hell that I miss this game. <laughs> Does Mitch Palm have a uh, anything for this game? Fire it up. 
<laughs> so I got to wait. I was going to. You almost had me. Well, K-State, the thing is, you expect a close game. We're going for G-Palm. <laughs> I, you know, I expect Texas to get over 60 points. I, sure. I don't expect K-State's 10-game streak of not allowing 60 points to end. Texas is the best offense in the Big 12. They're going to knock down some shots. Yeah. It's about K-State answering those shots and limiting Texas at opportunities. Yoki has to stay out of foul trouble. She's going to have to have a big game as well. But what K-State has is talent, and they got talent and they got depth. Texas has all that as well. Coach Mitty said this is probably Vic Schaefer's deepest, deepest team, and I believe it. So I hope if you don't have tickets yet, get your tickets early because they're cheaper if you get them early. Mm-hmm. So get your tickets, be in Bramlage. This is going to be a really fun game. This is going to be a really fun environment. And this is just another step into what's going to be a very big season for K-State. It's not just another game. I asked Coach Mitty at the press conference, I, you know, how do you make this just another game as a mindset? He's like, well, to be honest with you, it's, it's not just another game. Yeah. This is a huge game, it, and that's exactly what it is. This, is not your, this isn't your normal K-State women's basketball for, where maybe 1,000 people are showing up. I hope those days are over. And it's been a grind to get here. It's been a long wait for K-State women's basketball to be at this level once again. It's been a long time. Mm-hmm. And it's finally arrived. Now it's time to go support this team that has arrived and is one of the best teams in the nation as they upset the Longhorns tomorrow in Bramlage. So for tickets, 1-800-221-CATS, kstatesports.com. Go get those tickets I think it's approaching 6,000 sold. I hope the crowd's bigger than that because this is a big game. All right, with that, if you guys have nothing else to say, I know I was kept talking and talking and talking. You're good. No, I'm pumped up now. I'm getting my tickets. I'm Keep going. Pull me to the wall because I'm going to run through <laughs> That's where I'm at. Texas better look out. Mm-hmm. You want to play some Blindly Rank 5 when we come back? I'm ready now. Blindly Rank 5 next. It's time to play a little game I call Blindly Rank 5. DG is always our contestant. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. It's ranking five things. There's a category. I'm going to give him five things one at a time. He doesn't know what's coming next, and so he ranks one at a time while trying to anticipate what's next on the docket. And I've been doing some um, – I've been like – Thinking about every subject today in Uh-oh. anticipation of this. So you're not going to catch me slipping today. I've been thinking about everything you okay. possibly could, you know, astrology, animals, um, people of interest, um, you know, foods that start with the letter Q. I got it all, baby. This is why he does it every day. It's because right. he's the ultimate competitor. Yeah. When you said foods that start with the letter Q, the first thing I thought of was Quiznos. <laughs> Judges, that'll count. We'll accept it. Yes, that's off. Uh, white men can't jump when she goes when she goes on uh, Jeopardy. 
Foods that start with a little Q. What is a quince? I, I couldn't think of a single one, so I had to do a quick goog. Quail eggs. Oh. Quandong. Uh, quiche. Okay. Does that start with a Q? Quiche. Quiche, Boy, yes. I've never heard of oh. a single one of these. Quince and quiche. I thought of kumquats, but I know that's not a Q. Queensland blue squash. Now we're just getting directional. No, that's, I yeah, that's, like that. I that's, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so your your topic this week is this goes back to the first segment of the show where I was talking about Big 12 hoops is going to be way, way more entertaining than Big 12 football was this year. And I specifically mentioned this weekend and how chaotic it could be with potential upsets. You're going to blindly rank five Big 12 basketball potential upsets for this Saturday. So one being like the top upset of the weekend. Yeah, what you feel like could be the top upset out of the five games I'm about to give you. Gotcha. Game number one is number nine, Oklahoma, at number three, Kansas. Oh, geez. Where both teams have the exact same record, 13-2, and 1-1 one and one in Big 12 play. Oklahoma's ranked ninth in the country? Yes, they are. They were previously undefeated at like 10-0 and 0 or something like that. Mm. Porter Moser's team, like, to me, came out of nowhere. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. They weren't that great last year. No. Um, you know, OU hasn't won in Allen Fieldhouse since 93. 1993. Are you serious? Dead serious. Like, oh, I guess, yeah, the, uh, what was it, the Buddy Healed game yeah, where he went off? Triple OT. Mm-hmm. They, uh, was it they, Buddy Healed? I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, 2000 it was, something. Was that part of your research day? You're thinking about everything? Everything. I was <laughs> just going through my mind. I was like, you know what's weird? The Sooners haven't won in Lawrence since. Um, man, that's a beast of a, a first one to have here. Um, golly, G. Willikers. I don't know. I you know what? I'm gonna say that's number one. That that's the upset of the weekend. If they can take down the squawks in Lawrence um for the first time since ninety three, that's big. Age. Well, and, but the thing is like Bill Self, he never loses two big twelve games in a row, right? No, or he something doesn't. like that. No, he doesn't. Game number two is number eighteen BYU at UCF. UCF at home just beat number three KU. Is there gonna be a little bit of hangover? Is there gonna be? Uh, so it would be an upset if UCF was able to knock down BYU, right? Um, Correct. I know it's hard to play at BYU, and I know they always have a. It's at UCF. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and that's what I'm saying is like I know it's hard to play there, and I know they always have a guy, but they're on the road, and so. <clears throat> I'm gonna put that at four. I that's uh, whatever. If if it happens, it's because they're just weak. We're ranking five potential Big Twelve upsets. Deej has OU and KU at one. BYU UCF at four. Game number three is Cincinnati at number fourteen. Baylor. Cincinnati is one and one in the conference. Baylor like Tech and K State two and zero oh in Big Twelve play. Baylor has. I mean. A solid offense. They're a great three-point shooting team, but their defense isn't very good. Cincinnati nearly beat Texas. Mm -hmm. They almost beat Texas, and they beat BYU, right? Yes. In Provo. Jeez. In front of like 17,000. Did I use use four already? Yes. Okay, that's the five. That's – come on. Okay. That one – if that happens, I might bet on that. I like being able to say that. So you have two and three open – Next game is number 25, Texas at West Virginia. Okay, so I love the 
Texas coaches' glasses. I think they look cool. But I thought that it was just Shaka Smart's team finally put it together just without him. And that other guy was just like kind of just running the show with other guys' players. And now all of a sudden they come out of the gate and they're not playing so good. I don't think they're that great. Um, that's my third. West Virginia, Texas. Even though West Virginia's record's bad and against K-State, they didn't look that great. They were not. <laughs> then the final game is number two, Houston at TCU, which Ooh. would obviously mean you put them at two. Number two. Uh, to me, I you know I I knew about this list before you did, so obviously I could rank them before you even got here. Mm-hmm. To me, there's no doubt about it. The number one on my list is UCF beating BYU. Mm-hmm. I think BYU, even though they started hot, they were hot in Big Twelve pl- or the uh, non-conference play. They have not looked like a team that can finish a game in Big Twelve play. Um, so in UCF, I know there might be some hangover. There won't be a lot of hype around this one as much of it as it was for KU. I think UCF is a is, is a somewhat decent team. Yeah. And they got BYU at home, so I'm going to go with UCF. Uh, number two for me would be Cincy, BYU, uh, Cincy in Baylor. Number three is Oklahoma in KU. UT in West Virginia at five, and then Houston TCU at four. So we're way off. Yeah. Way off. Well, guess what, man? I ran my G-Palm. Well, I just ran it. I was just waiting for him to go. Well, that's your opinion, man. Yeah, that's your. That's like your opinion or whatever, man. <laughs> Speak. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of cult classics, that's like yeah, the Big Lebowski. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> man, I, I so to, like you. You really think if OU takes down KU at home at Allenfield, you don't think that's a huge upset? I. I mean. That's it's a, a it's a it's yeah it'd be pretty big that's huge I think I, the location changes that so yeah. much well that's I in mean, OU I'm like man yeah. that yeah that and the fact that KU's coming off of a loss mm-hmm. I'm just saying what could potentially happen I, I I was basing this off of what I think could actually happen oh, oh I was going where what would be the bigger uppy and that's why I said OU taking down um, the Jayhawks would be. Well, you the can rank it however upbeat. you want. We gotta take a break. <laughs> Let's wrap it up with Ask Us Anything after a very quick break. Next. Go ahead. I had a lot of fun with this one today on K Rock. Uh, what is your best advice for someone driving in snow? Wrong answers only. Hit the gas. Yeah. Check your phone. <laughs> shit. Check your phone as much as possible. Absolutely. Always on that thing, just looking down at it. When you're about when you want to stop, pull the e-brake. Yeah. Four-wheel <laughs> drive is impeccable in this weather. <laughs> we had a dude who said, I've been driving for 30 years. That's the number one mistake people make. Four-wheel drive. People assuming four-wheel drive means you are unstoppable. He's like, Yeah, you're right. You can't stop. So yeah. Take it easy out there. I, I Have I told the story about the time that I had the truck that went sliding in front of me? Literally, I'm driving to Denver on I-25, and it's in the middle of an ice storm. Oh. Got a ball game late in the day at DU, and so I'm driving the wife's car. Heading south on I-25, get in a range where it's six lanes, three on each. And this guy in a large vehicle, four-wheel drive, 
comes whipping around me on the left. He gets about 500 feet in front of me and loses it. And he slid across all three lanes and winds up in the ditch. I don't think a thing of it beyond, you know, checking, make sure, okay, everybody's good, no biggie, and I just keep my pace. Three miles down the road, guess who comes whipping by me again? Yeah, baby! Lesson not learned. I, I knew what I did. I know what I did wrong that time. Idiot. You know who? It's really funny. That was um, Gary Kubiak was actually in that. <laughs> car. So that was even weirder. That's a fun oh. topic, though. Oh, dude, that's a great topic. I got a the lot wrong of answers calls. only. Yeah, I got yeah. a lot of text on Facebook. It was amazing. Whatever route you take, make sure you take the one with the most hills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want to go to Genesis this time. It's uh, real <laughs> snowy. Go up to Genesis up the hill. <laughs> wow. Let it rip. All right, guys. We bounce again. Chiefs, Dolphins, 7 o'clock Saturday night right here on Cayman. It's for free. Don't pay money to Peacock. Listen to the game. Listen to Mitch Holtz. It's right here for free beginning at 6 o'clock Saturday night here on Cayman. For Owen, Deej, Troy, I'm Mitch. Have a good weekend. Stay safe and go Cats.